Welcome to the Source of Commercial Real Estate Podcast, where we talk to the experts in all asset classes of commercial real estate. Listen so you can grow your wealth, expand your portfolio, improve your mindset, and live an amazing life. And now, your host, Jonathan Hayek. If you are curious about commercial real estate, even intimidated but willing to learn, this is the podcast for you. Maybe you're frustrated in multifamily, struggling to find deals, and you want to learn a new asset class. This is the podcast where we talk to the experts in all areas of commercial real estate so you can find your competitive advantage, grow your portfolio, and live an amazing life. I'm your host, Jonathan Hayek, and I'm an investor, probably a lot like you. I have a portfolio of small multifamily and small commercial properties, and several years ago, I thought I would just keep buying more of these types of properties. But as time has gone on, deals that make sense have been harder to come by. I'm in a different stage of life than I was just a few years ago, and my investing philosophy has changed. So now I'm looking to purchase larger deals in the non-residential space. But how do I know what to buy? How do I know what a good deal is? Should I buy a warehouse or a medical office building, a self-storage facility, or a mobile home park? That's why I started this podcast, so I can learn from the experts, learn all the asset classes, and make good investing decisions. I'm glad you're here listening, and I hope you find value in this podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Feedback Friday. This comes out every Friday, and it's where I give you my three biggest takeaways from my interview from earlier in the week. I think of it as the Cliff Notes version of the interview. If you haven't heard that episode, you should definitely go back and check it out. In this episode, you'll hear some of my reflections and some background information on the guest's three biggest points. My guest this week was Charlie Hardage, and Charlie is a multifamily investor. And we did talk about multifamily investing, but we also talked about a lot of other aspects of real estate investing, like the mindset he needed in order to leave his W-2 job, taking calculated risks, the mastermind that he joined, and partnerships and how to get involved in a great partnership. If you have not heard that episode, I encourage you to go back and check it out because it was a great conversation. My three biggest takeaways from my conversation with Charlie was the mindset it took for him to leave his W-2 job and pursue real estate full-time. Second, his best tips in starting to raise capital. And third, the importance of knowing your strengths within a partnership. First, let's talk about the mindset it took for Charlie to leave his W-2 job. And this doesn't necessarily have to pertain to leaving a W-2 job. Perhaps if you're listening to this, you've already left your W-2 job and you're already working in real estate full-time. This can be the mindset that it takes in order to pursue anything difficult, anything out of your comfort zone. Charlie admitted to really wanting to analyze every situation and have a plan in place before he commits to a new course of action. And I don't think Charlie is alone in that. There aren't many people out there who are ready to take on a huge uh, financial risk and a big life change without any plan and just go uh, both feet in. There might be some people out there that do those sorts of things, but for the rest of us, people with families and mortgages and a lot to lose, we want to have a plan. And so a concept that Charlie and I talked about was taking calculated risks. And to me, this means 
not necessarily that you don't take a risk, but that you think about it beforehand. You think about the worst case scenario, the best case scenario, and you realize that what will actually happen is somewhere in between those two scenarios. When I'm in situations like this, I always think back to reading The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. And a big theme of that book is considering what is the worst that's going to happen and actually thinking about it and even writing it down. So in Charlie's case and in many other real real estate investors' cases, it's leaving your W-2 job and pursuing real estate full-time. So you can go through the exercise, okay, what's the worst that's going to happen? So I quit my W-2 job and I have, let's say, $50,000 in the bank. I'm pursuing real estate full-time and I don't have any cash flow coming in, but I think I'm going to find deals. And so a few months go by, I'm not getting any deals, I'm not getting any deals, I'm using the $50,000 I have in savings, and it's dwindling down, down, down until suddenly I have $0. I have a mortgage to pay. I can't pay my mortgage, so the bank forecloses on me. I can't buy food anymore, and so I'm out on the street. I'm homeless, going to the soup kitchen and going to food pantries in order to feed my family. That is probably the worst-case scenario of what could happen if you pursue this path. However, in the four-hour work week, week, Tim Ferriss urges you to go back and really consider this scenario— Are you really going to get to the point where you have zero dollars in your bank account and you're being foreclosed on? Wouldn't you, as the smart, intelligent real estate investor that you are, somebody who recently had a full-time job, if you have zero dollars in the bank, wouldn't you at that point think that, hmm, maybe I should go and get a job so that the bank doesn't foreclose on my home? Maybe I should go get a job so that I can feed my family? So all this to say is the worst case that you can imagine in your head is probably so unlikely to happen because you are going to change course before that worst case scenario actually happens. My second big takeaway from my conversation with Charlie was his best tips for starting to raise capital. Charlie admits that raising capital is not his favorite thing to do, and he even admits that he's not even that great at it, but he has started, and I imagine that is where a lot of uh, my listeners are in starting to raise capital and thinking through that process. When I think about the barriers to raising capital, I think there are two major barriers. First is a mindset barrier, and second is a strategy barrier. We talked about both of these issues. First, the mindset barrier was the thought that you're bothering people or you're asking people for a favor. But actually, you need to change your mindset if that's the way you're thinking, because you're actually providing an opportunity for people to receive passive income the way you're receiving passive income on your real estate. The second barrier in raising capital is a strategy. And this is what we spent most of our time talking about when we were talking about raising capital is how do you raise capital? And Charlie admitted that initially he was making mistakes. He would just hit people up when there was a deal and he acted like a salesman. When a deal came up and he's like, hey, are you in or are you out? And that's the only time he talked with his potential investors was when there was a deal right in front of him. 
But as he got more experience in raising capital, he realized that there was a better way. And the better way is having an ongoing conversation about real estate. Because you have to remember that the majority of people out there do not know all of the intricacies and all of the ins and outs about commercial real estate investing. They may like real estate, they may dream of investing in real estate one day, but that does not mean that they know the jargon and the terms and all of the ins and outs of investing in real estate. So that's where having an ongoing conversation becomes really important. Charlie admits that he is still not great at it, but that is okay because Charlie is doing more than 99% of other real estate investors. He is taking action. He's using social media. He's using Facebook and LinkedIn, throwing out messages and seeing what sticks. And the way the algorithms of these social networks work is he ends up getting connected to people that he doesn't even know. So that a friend of his likes or comments on a post, and so then an acquaintance of that friend sees it and gets interested and ultimately sometimes books a call with Charlie and might even invest in one of his deals. Now, this isn't a guarantee that this is how it always works, but here's the idea that you're having an ongoing conversation with potential investors. You're not just hitting people up when you have a deal, but you're educating people on what's a triple net lease? Uh, how do you add value in multifamily? What's, the, uh, what's happening in the interest rate environment right now? You're trying to be front of mind so that when that person is ready to invest, they think of you. It's also a way of having a thought leadership platform. So you might have some followers that are going to read your post, but will still have tons of questions. So you want to be available and be viewed as an expert, as someone that they know, like, and trust, so that they feel comfortable coming to you and saying, hey, I've always been interested in real estate, and I have money that I'd like to invest, but I don't really know anything about this. Can I talk to you about it? You want to be that person that people feel comfortable coming to to ask questions. My third takeaway from my conversation with Charlie is knowing your strengths within a partnership. I really admire Charlie for going all in on real estate syndication, even without a ton of experience. But he had a plan. He had joined a mastermind group. He was building skills and building relationships. As he got into deals, he learned what areas of the syndication he was good at and he was interested in. He knew asset management was not going to be his strength, and there were other team members that, that was their strength, so he didn't have to get too worried about asset management. Capital raising is one of the most important areas of the syndication, and so he knew he was going to have to be somewhat skilled and somewhat involved, but he also knew he didn't have to be 100% responsible for capital raising. But he admits that he likes the challenge and likes learning more about how to raise capital. What he found that he was really attracted to and what he was really good at was developing a business plan. So identifying the asset and identifying the areas of weakness. So are there low rents? Is there no playground? Is the parking lot in rough shape? Are the units outdated and they need updating? So he found his strength in identifying where the areas of possible value add are in that property and analyzing whether or not there was still enough room to improve the property and still make money and make a return for investors. 
this was a really important lesson for me because I'm admittedly a DIYer to a fault and to the extreme where I feel like I need to be an expert in all areas of running the business. Whereas that's not actually true. If I'm in a partnership, I have other partners and other team members who are experts in other areas that I am not an expert in. So we join forces together and create a great team, which relieves me of the pressure of feeling like I have to be an expert of every single area of the business model. So there you have it. Those are my three main takeaways from my conversation with Charlie Hardage. First, the mindset it took to leave his W-2 job and pursue real estate full-time. Second, his best tips in starting to raise capital. And third, knowing your strengths within a partnership. I really enjoyed my conversation with Charlie. He is towards the beginning stages of a multifamily syndication career, but he's made great progress even in a short amount of time. So I'm thankful to have had that conversation with Charlie. If you enjoyed this episode or you enjoyed my conversation with Charlie, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. I've got some great guests coming up, guests in the areas of uh, mindset specialists, industrial, quick serve restaurants, and tons more. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. And until next time, take care. This content is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not financial advice, and it is not an invitation to buy or sell real estate or make any investment decisions. 